0: What is up, real life? Love you guys so much. Y'all, I walked away from last week's service, and I'm going to be honest, my heart kind of hurt a little bit because I realized something that I try never to do. I'm going to confess tonight because I realized last week that since our incredible Pastor Juan Antonio Rodriguez Jr. brought the Word of God to the house last week i realized that i never said i love you and it broke my heart walking away from service and i need to confess and say i'm so sorry because we love you so much you are loved and this is your family this is your home we are so excited that you're with us tonight thank you for being with us and from the bottom of our hearts from your pastor from our leadership team We love you so much. And so, if you needed to hear that tonight, not only do we love you, but Jesus loves you. Amen? Isn't that such a good thing? The God of the universe loves us. Amen? Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Come on, y'all ready? Praise God. I love you so much, real life. Well, we are starting a new series tonight. And for the next few weeks at Real Life Student Ministries, um, we're calling it For the Valley. If you see, um, we decided as a church, North Highland Church is our home church. You are a part of North Highland because real life exists because of North Highland Church. And uh, we decided as a church that we should probably be known for what we are for and not just what we're against. Amen? Because a lot of times, Christians, they, they get this bad rap that they're just a bunch of people who are against a lot of things. And they're a bunch of rule followers. And we want to be known not just what we're against, but we want to be known what we're by what we're for. Amen, real life? And so we are for the Chattahoochee Valley, Real Life Student Ministries exist to reach this valley we've got a vision that is big we want to make a deep and lasting impact we are for your schools man we are about to go and for example we're going to serve at shaw high school we're going to serve their football team for their their homecoming game as they play i believe they're playing columbus high school and and it's it's going to be a big night and and so real life is for the high schools in the valley i i'm not going to list off everybody because we'll get to fighting and we're trying to love one another tonight. But we love each and every school that's represented here. We love this community and we're for your family and we are for you. That's what for the valley means is real life is for you because you're a part of the Chattahoochee Valley community, amen? And so tonight we're kicking this off and and I believe that the Lord wants us to put some supernatural sensitivity into our hearts and into our lives tonight are you are you ready for the lord to to kind of shape us and mold us tonight i don't know about you but i need god to soften my heart sometimes and so lord i'm just asking tonight that you would soften our hearts from the front to the back to the left to the right lord we pray that your word would come with love with authority with passion but god we also invite you to soften our hearts God, make us pliable, make us moldable, help us to feel tonight. God, I pray for the student who walked into this room and it's been a long time since they felt your presence. God, I pray that tonight is the night that they feel your love, that they feel your tangible love, wrapping your arms around their heart, God. Thank you for what you're about to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, praise God. So with Hurricane Harvey and y'all y'all have heard this god bless you in the name of jesus um with hurricane harvey and now irma threatening florida um and all the devastation in houston texas something that the lord has put on my heart for the last couple weeks actually and put in my spirit over the past few days is this it, i want to challenge us as a student ministry that it should not take a tragedy for us to come together as a community and help those in need. It shouldn't take a tragic situation for real life student ministries to come together and help the needs of others in this valley, amen? Jesus became, this is the cool part, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, he's our champion, he's our best friend, he's everything to us and Jesus became famous, for what reason? He became famous because he constantly met the needs of others. Man, Jesus was constantly, everywhere he went, he was healing folk. He was setting blind eyes to where they could see again. He was causing deaf people to be able to hear again. He was picking up people who never walked in their entire 30 to 40 year existence, and he would lift them up, and they'd start dancing because they were healed by his power. Man, he saw a need, and he met it. And so everywhere he went, people would say, hey, Jesus is coming because they knew that he was going to do something for them. That was a part of his, his charisma. And it, as Christians, I believe that we should follow his leadership. Amen? Christians, actually the word Christian means little Christ, so we should be more and more like Christ every single day of our lives, meeting the needs that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. Man, there's so many needs we can see in our in our. in our hallways, in our schools, in your home. Man, there's so many needs. And what we see in the world around us should cause us to feel something strongly that we should do, we should feel so strongly that we actually do something about it when we see a problem, when we see somebody who's hurting, when we see somebody who's in pain. Man, it should cause us to feel something so much so that we're willing to act. We have to feel tonight, real life. And one of the miracles that Jesus did, it was, it was a miracle that, that got probably some of the most, most attention of Jesus' healings. And, and it was this, it was to heal people with leprosy. And leprosy is a type of, this is going to get a little scientific, so for my nerds out there, you're going to like this part. But leprosy is a type of bacteria that attacks the nerves within your cells. And it eventually numbs and robs your nerve endings of the ability to feel anything at all. That was what leprosy did. And a person with leprosy did not feel pain. This is what would happen. You couldn't even feel what you were doing with with even like a simple task of like picking up my Bible. If I had leprosy in my hand, I would try to pick my Bible, and, and I just, I couldn't do it because the feeling, like the normal feeling, and I'd be hitting my, my Bible over and over, and I don't even feel it because I've got no feeling in my nerve ending. That's what a leper would do. It would be really awkward and strange and weird, right? This is kind of getting, getting weird, right? And that's what would happen, and, and someone with leprosy would try to do something, and whenever you're debilitated, man, you don't want to be debilitated, Man, you want to to be able to normally function. And so you try to do what you can do because you don't want the help of others when you're debilitated and handicapped. And so someone with leprosy would keep trying and not even noticing, man, there'd be sores, there'd be bruises, there'd be blisters. And what would happen with leprosy? is people with leprosy would eventually have disfigured limbs and, and large sores that would eat away at their flesh from, from bumping into stuff. The simple act of, man, I would just go against this and it would cut my arm and I wouldn't even feel it. So I'd be bleeding for like five minutes before somebody was like, um, Pastor, um, you're bleeding, right? That's what would happen if you had leprosy. And they would eventually look like the sores were the, the sores would happen and it, it would eventually make people look like they were being made up for like being a cast member to play a zombie on the walking dead right that's what what leprous people started looking like and so it was really taboo and and so I got just a couple pictures I'm not trying to gross anybody out but I want you to see what it actually looks like to have leprosy I think they're going to be able to put it up on the screen this is this is a person with leprosy and and this is what happens is there's no feeling in the nerve endings and so they'd bump into stuff and eventually they'd get disfigured disformed there'd be sores that would cause infection in the next picture and ultimately what would have to happen is you know they'd have to have amputations because there'd be infection in their fingers and so in order to stop the infection from spreading into their major organ systems. They'd have to cut things off. And so people with leprosy, they were disfigured. And and the effects of leprosy tonight, what I want you to hear very loudly and clearly is the effects is not feeling anything. And so tonight, God is calling us to not have spiritual leprosy for the needs of the world around us. In Matthew 8, Jesus, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And and Jesus did something that was unheard of because it was inappropriate to touch anyone with leprosy. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. He said, be clean. And immediately the man was cleansed of his leprosy. And I I share this scripture because there is hope. Man, if you walked in this room and you have no no feeling left in you, you have been so spent emotionally that you have lost the ability to feel. I've come tonight to tell you we serve the God who can heal you of your leprosy. He can cause feeling to come back into your soul. He can give you the emotion again. And tonight we need to learn something powerful from our Lord and Savior. Leprosy does not kill you. The infection from not feeling things you run into does. That's what kills you. It's not the actual bacteria that kills you. It's it's the the side effects from not feeling that kills you. And I was doing some research and studying for tonight, and and I found it wasn't very hard to find this statistic. And that's a sad thing because suicide. I found that suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages ten through twenty four. It's the second leading cause of death in college age students as well. And more teenagers and young adults die from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and chronic lung disease combined. More students are killing themselves than all of those disease. Each day in our nation, just in the United States of America, there are an average of over 3,470 attempts by young people in high school. So that means today about 3,500 high school students attempted suicide today. And, And the studies show that four out of the five teens who attempt suicide have been giving out clear warning signs. They've been showing, man, I'm depressed. They've been showing, man, I'm upset. They've been showing my life is falling apart. They've been showing it to other people. They've been posting stuff on social media. They've been showing it, man, I need help, I need help, I need help. And for some reason, we're numb to the warning signs in real life. Something happened last week that scared me for multiple reasons. In the middle of Pastor Juan's sermon, he, it was kind of funny because he thought I was like upset with him or something because I got up out of my seat on the front row and walked away. And he was like, man, PJ, I thought you hated me. And that's not at all what happened because what happened was in the middle of service, in the middle of him preaching, one of our, our guests came and she was having a seizure in the back just over in this section. In the middle of the sermon, Man, a lot of us didn't even know it was happening, but she was literally having a seizure. And I'm so grateful for people like Shalonda Wright, Olivia Henderson, and Josh Lashley, who are medical professionals that immediately jumped in and helped this young lady do exactly what she needed to do to get the help that she needed, and, and people like Jonah helped us get paramedics. My wife was awesome responding and, and being helpful in the situation, and um, man, there was an EMT stretcher that, that came in during the sermon. Some of y'all didn't even realize all that happened. Praise God, we did a good job. Um, but I was scared because when Jubilee and I were in college, man, we, we were at Lee University and there was a young man that had a seizure in his dorm room and, and he passed away because he didn't get medical attention quick enough. And so, of course, my mind, as soon as I'm notified that there's a young lady having a seizure, my mind goes there. And I'm, I'm scared like, man, I, I don't want someone to die. In fact, God's word says that it's God's will that none should perish, praise the Lord. So I want the will of God for our students. So I don't want anyone in this ministry to ever pass away. I want everyone to have eternal life, praise the Lord. And so it scared me, and, and I'm so grateful that this young lady was okay, and she was released from the hospital just a couple of hours after the seizure happened. Man, but the other reason I was scared from the situation was a bit more complicated because I, I and, and please trust me when I say this. I want to be very sensitive. I've been very careful in choosing my words in this moment. So I want you to be very clear that, that in no way am I condemning or being judgmental towards anyone who might have been a witness to what happened last week. I want you to be sensitive to know that most of us in this room had no clue, but at Real Life, we love every person that comes here so very much, and we must realize that a lot of people don't respond the, the way that they should simply because they've never been taught the proper way to respond, and, but what scared me was that so many people saw what was happening and seemed to feel nothing. That's, what's, that's the scary, it's the, it's the leper. Man, there, it, I just don't feel it. There's, I see it, but I don't feel it. There was no sense of urgency, no sense of responsibility. In Real Life Student Ministries, I believe that if we're going to truly be for the valley, we need Jesus to help us feel the deep needs that surround us. We've got to feel the deep needs that surround our lives. The context of this main scripture for tonight that I'm about to read is a lawyer was talking with Jesus and he was asking the question, how do I receive eternal life, Jesus? And Jesus responded with, with a, a commonly known Hebraic phrase. It was called the Shema. And he said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he said, and also love your neighbor as yourself. That's how you get eternal life. And, and, um, the lawyer said a very, very, Thoughtful question. He said, Well, who's my neighbor? And so in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it says, In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. So this man was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. And a priest, a man who was supposed to be representing God, happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, Scripture, Jesus said he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, passed by on the other side. Tonight I want you to see real life that the priest and the Levite were suffering from spiritual leprosy. They were suffering from not feeling the need that was right in front of them. Not being able to feel anything for the needs that were there. They lost the ability to feel for the needs of anyone but their own. They were looking out for number one. They had a job to do and they were on mission and they weren't going to let anything distract them. And if we're not careful, our generation can contract the same disease. What do you mean, Pastor Jonathan? I mean that instead of being bothered that over 60 people are dead because of the devastation that is happening in Texas because of Hurricane Harvey. You say, I'm tired of all, the, all this news feed. Like, I'm tired of seeing all these posts. I'm, I want it out of my feed. I'm sick and tired of it. Man, if you're not careful, man, you'll, you'll contract spiritual leprosy because people are dying in our nation and we should pray for them. We should do something about it. I'm so proud of some of our CLC students. I know Sydney went and she helped and served. She did something because she felt a need and she did something. So proud of that. Your friends who are obviously and openly suffering from depression should bother you to act. Man, when your friends are giving warning signals and they're saying things and they're giving hints and signals that there's something wrong, it is okay for you to ask girl, what's wrong? Talk to me. Man, open the door for them to express what's happening in their life. And I I challenge you, if you do that, you will become someone's hero. You'll become more like Jesus because what Jesus did is he walked this earth looking for opportunities to help someone. Man, your peers who are being overly aggressive and bullying those who may not be conformed to social norms, you know, the, the kind of strange people. Man, your friends that are making fun of them and messing with them, man, that should stir your emotions up to where you tell your friends, man, you're better than that. Stop messing with people. Everybody is, has a right to be friendly. Everybody has a right to be loved. Nobody has the right to be bullied. It should stir you emotionally to see those types of things. Ladies, when your sisters are giving themselves away to boys, and I said that with intention, boys, not men, who could care less about their souls and their futures, that should disturb you and you should say, girl, you better leave him, get rid of that mess because he's not worth your time. Ladies, you need to be sisters to one another. Do something about it. She might just go crazy if you don't. And you could be the one who stops her from going down a road that she feels she can never come back from. Man, when a fight breaks out at school, we should not be the ones that are quick to take out our phones and video it and get it all over Snapchat. We should be the ones breaking it up or getting people involved to do so, so that someone doesn't get seriously hurt. Man, when we see a need, we need to do something, we need to feel something, we need to respond. That's what God is calling us to tonight. And Jesus talks about the priest and the Levite, and I believe we must become a generation of young leaders who refuse to pass by on the other side. We've got to be a generation of young people who say, I'm going to see it and I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to avoid it. The story continues in verse 33. It says, but a Samaritan. As he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him. See, he felt something. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him into the inn to take care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I'll reimburse you any extra expense that you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers Jesus asked and the expert of the law replied the one who had mercy on him and Jesus told him this powerful command go and do likewise go and do likewise here's what I know real life Every single day, we walk by people who are beaten down emotionally, robbed of their joy in life, and spiritually half-dead on the inside. Every single day. And in this parable, Jesus is telling us, man, which of the three is the neighbor? It's the Samaritan. And he said very clearly, go and do likewise. Man, we see these people. The question is, do we see them? Do we see them and do something or do we pass by on the other side when we see their needs see the priest was called to help people he was a public representative of God in the community but he didn't help he walked by on the other side The Levite was a man born into the tribe responsible for stewarding the worship of God, and yet he didn't recognize that when we help the least of these, it's as if we are directly ministering to and worshiping Jesus Christ himself. And yet the Levite, who knew better, walked by on the other side. And because they walked by on the other side, the priest and the Levite didn't realize that the only way to see the needs of others and to feel something is to allow yourself to get close enough to the world of needs that are around you. Because a lot of times we're like, man, this is too much for me. So I put up a wall. I put up a front. Man, I can't handle this. The Samaritan was the last person, this is the deal, the Samaritan, because the man that was beaten was a Jewish person, and the Samaritan was the last person on the planet who should have helped this man. Historically, man, we, we know that there was extreme segregation at that time between Jews and Samaritans, and they did not associate with one another, nor did they speak to each other, let alone help one another. And the Samaritan would have been the Jew's last choice to help him in any situation. And I'm afraid that many of us in this room feel that we would be God's last choice to make a difference. But Jesus was trying to help us understand through this story that God uses the unqualified to change the world. God uses those who shouldn't be helping. Man, Scripture says God will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so if you think you're unqualified, you think that you're not capable, man, you are a perfect choice for God to use you to change this world and to meet the needs. Man, in 12 years of youth ministry, I've seen and I have no doubt in my mind that this generation wants to make a difference in the world, but too many of us don't think that we can. Thinking we can't make a difference causes us to stop feeling. It's a first step in spiritual leprosy. It's a defense mechanism. And if we think we can't change things, then we need to find a way to be numb to the effects of the terrible things that we see on a day-to-day basis. I get it, it's a defense mechanism. But I think another defense mechanism we begin to utilize that leads us to spiritual leprosy is the justification of, man, whatever's happening right there, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. So I don't need to get involved, man. It's not my fault that she's being abused at home. It's not my fault that his parents are going through a divorce. It's not my fault that his dad lost his job, and so now he's got to step down from the team to get a part-time job to help at home. Man, it's not my fault is another excuse that we use. But I'm here tonight to tell somebody it was not the Samaritan's fault that the man was still beaten and left for dead, but he still chose to make it his responsibility. The Samaritan had nothing to do with the robbery, but he made it his responsibility. Jesus said a Samaritan stopped. A Samaritan bandaged the wounds. A Samaritan gave of his finances to protect the man. The one type of person who should have walked on the other side, ignoring the problem, was the one person who did something about it. Jesus is teaching us through the Samaritan that your classification does not define who you really are. How you respond to the opportunities you're given defines who you really are. Man, you can go all day every day walking down the halls of your school saying, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? You can do that all day long. But if you don't respond to the needs of your friends and your family members, man, you are not acting like Christ and how you behave, how you respond, how you treat one another. Man, that's what defines who you are and the character of your heart. God wants us as a student ministry to be for the valley here at Real Life Columbus. And that means God wants us to feel something so deeply that when things happen around us on a daily basis, man, he wants us to be compelled by those feelings to do something. He's calling you and I to stop passing by on the other side. Stop ignoring the needs. And let's get together as a real-life family and start doing something about it. Start reaching this community. My interpretation, and I'm going to ask the leaders to come. I'm going to invite you to your feet. The band can come as I close. My interpretation, and, and please hear me, this is not specifically in the scripture, but my interpretation of the Good Samaritan. I think this man chose to help because at some point in his life, someone stepped into his life and helped him. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. I believe someone helped the Good Samaritan in his past, and so that that caused him to want to help I think this way because I know it to be true in my life. I passionately feel things. Man, I feel it when I see the hurt and the pain. Man, I, guys, I feel I hurt. My, my heart breaks when some some of the needs come forward every single week and you pour your heart out to God through us and you say, I need you to pray for this. Man, my heart hurts. And I feel for you because, man, I'd, I was once in your shoes and I was in need when I was in your position in life. And, and there were men and women that chose to intersect my life and chose to see the hurt in my eyes. They chose to see the needs that, that were taking place in my life. And they chose to step into my situation and help me have strength when I was weak. And I believe with all of my heart, that's why I have such a passion to love and care for your needs and help you through your hard times because someone did it for me. And I believe that's why the Samaritan did what he did on that road. Tonight, I want to challenge you with a a simple challenge, and it's this. Your personal need to be helped should be fueled to your conviction to help others. Man, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I, I am someone who needs help. Man, that, that should prove that God wants you to be a help to someone else as well.